0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode post football season of the Just End the Suffering podcast featuring New York Sports Talk vlog Suffering Fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. We've been in football mode for a long time. We're going to check in on the other sports starting today. Today, we're debuting a brand new segment, The Baseball Beat. I'm going to be joined by Will Schneiderhan, who started writing about baseball for Fans Cited. Been on a couple times before. We'll talk to him and Anthony Sorbellini who you guys heard from back in NFL season. He's he a big baseball guy. We're going to break down the Yankee offseason, Met offseason, national headlines, all that good stuff. That's coming up today. Make sure you're locked in until the end of the show for this a two-minute drill, where I'll give you my strategy guide to get through the black hole of sports. February. I have the ticket to get you through February if you're a sports fan looking for content to watch. I'll explain that later in the show. But we get it all rolling with this week's opening tip, where we recap the NBA trade deadline right after this. <laughs> all ready for this? Alright, and we're back with this week's opening tip. Recording shortly after the NBA trade deadline. And again, a little bit underwhelming, in my opinion. NBA trade down here. All these wild rumors going around about Anthony Davis going here. LeBron trying to do whatever to help the Lakers get better there all these different things. And at the end, the biggest trade happened about a week ago with the Chris Osborne Ingus trade. Instead, we got nothing really major today. Anthony Davis did not get traded. He's still on the Pelicans for now. He'll be there till the end of the year when they start get mad trading frenzy with the Lakers, the Celtics, the Knicks, whoever else wants to get involved. That's all going on today. But we're going to dive into the deals that were made today, starting with Tobias Harris last night getting dealt to the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think Good move for Philly. Jimmy Butler has not worked out like they think, like they thought it would. He's been a little bit of a weird fit, but you know what? I like Harris a lot. He's a good player, good outside shooter. He'll space the floor for that team, and the East is wide open right now. Milwaukee's been very good. Toronto's very good. Philly now with Harris has a very deep starting lineup, and you think, you figure, you know what? There can be a threat to go deep in the playoffs, especially with Boston underachieving. One under-radar move I liked a lot today this is for the Bucs, who are leading the East. They trade for Nikola Miritich from the Pelicans. So Davis is not get traded away. Miritich does. Miritich goes to Milwaukee for Stanley Johnson and Jason Smith. This is a coup for the Bucs. They got Johnson just like a day ago for Tom Maker, and they turn him and Jason Smith into Miritich. A nice stretch four to help out their team significantly. Miritich goes with... Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they're solid core young players as the Bucs take another step closer to making a run at the Eastern Conference title. Another team in the East make a big move the Toronto Raptors. Trade for veteran big man Mark Gasol from the Memphis Grizzlies. They get up Jonas Valanciunas, Delon Wright, C.J. Miles and a 2024 20, second-round pick. The Raptors, you only have Kawhi Leonard for a year. You need to go all-in right now, and getting Marc Gasol is a good move in that regard. He's a guy who brings playoff experience. He's a proven big man. He should be a good fit with Leonard in that offense. And they need a true low post presence. Valanciunas is solid, but soul could upgrade over him. I like that move a lot. Another team makes some interesting moves, the Sacramento Kings. They trade for Harrison Barnes, formerly the Warriors, from the Mavericks, in exchange for Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson. The Kings have not been in the playoffs in forever. And you know what? The Clippers basically said, you know, we don't want to be in the playoffs this year. We're fine be giving up the eight seed to try and you know load up a free agency. The eights wide open and in Sacramento. For them, getting the 8s a big deal. They have a young team, a lot of interesting young players like the Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley the third. Getting those guys put out experience would definitely help the process. A lot of these trades though in this league, very average. Very average. A lot of these trades are in terms of guys just trying to sort of change the scenery, try and help them revive their careers elsewhere like the Markel Fultz trade where Markel Fultz, the number one pick in the NBA draft just two years ago. The guy who was taken ahead of Jason Tatum by the Sixers dumped Orlando for Jonathan Simmons a one and a two. This is great for Fultz because he gets out of Philly where he was getting buried and was never going to get used. Good for Orlando who needs a guard. They have way too many bigs. They turn one of them into Markel Fultz He's dealing he's got a lot of injury issues but if they can rehab him and get him healthy he could be a good player down there but this i think this trade i found right here and the ringer described as the most average trade ever this is what most of the deadline was it was a three-team deal between the Cavs, the sacramento kings and the houston rockets the Cavs got brandon knight marquise chris and a 2019 lottery protected number one from houston the Kings got Alec Burks, solid wing, solid wing player. The Rockets got Iman Shumpert, Wade Baldwin the fourth, and Nick Stauskas. And this is the third trade of the week for Baldwin and Stauskas. On Monday, they were in Portland, got traded to Cleveland. On Wednesday, Cleveland trades them to Houston. On Thursday, Houston waves both of them. And that's the problem. I, this is why I can't get into the NBA. And this is why I can't get into the deadline, because... A lot of these trades just don't mean anything. These are just literally just trading salary slots and trading instead of looking for players to improve a team. Everyone's either trying to dump players to try and get cap room for the free agency market or just picking up players they have no intention of using. I mean, Wesley Matthews got weighed by the Knicks today and they've had him two days. This is just not appealing to me. And you don't get this kind of big action. The MLB deadline, you have a lot of these big players moving to teams to help them win. The NBA deadline I feel like is more about moving average guys from mediocre team to mediocre team in effort to j- juggle the books. It's just not that interesting to me. Again, I think the biggest deal of the season is still that Porzingis trade. We'll see if it pays out over the summer. We'll talk more basketball next week, but for now we're going to dive into baseball mode. The baseball beat coming up next with Anthony Sarbellini, Will Schneiderhan, right after this. And we're back on the Just and the Suffering podcast, talking baseball for the first time significantly, I think since the winter meetings. I mean, based back in December, I had Rick Cerrone out. We talked about his life in the game, but not a lot has really happened since then. But we're still going to catch you up on it. I decided that since there's two teams, there's a lot of storylines going on. I need regular baseball people on here. Those of you who listen regularly, you know, Joe Dalizio is our football guy. Pete Considori and Mario Matiga are our hockey panel, but I need baseball guys with me, so... I decided to bring in two of the finest I know to form what I call the baseball beat. First up, a guy you have heard from quite a bit on this podcast. This is, I believe, his fifth appearance, and we just heard from him making pickles through ball. Unfortunately, he was wrong about the Rams, yeah. and we were all rooting for it. Will Schneiderhand is back with us. Will, how are you? Good. How are you? Doing very good. Also with me today, a guy who's made been on the podcast before, but. You, if you blinked, you might have missed his one spot. We was on doing NFL picks in week number nine. Anthony Sorbellini is here with us. Anthony, how are you?
1: Good. How are you doing, Mike?
0: Good. And Anthony's a much bigger baseball guy, so hopefully have more fun this time than with the NFL picks.
1: Oh, yeah, hopefully. I mean, anything baseball, I'm good yeah. to go.
0: And believe it or not, you two were actually on We're on the same podcast, just in different segments, because mm-hmm. I think that was the same one Will came on and did Jet midseason preview. So it's the first time br- good stuff. bringing yeah, you guys right? together for this one. So, Anthony, you are more of a Yankee guy, correct?
1: Oh yeah, hands down, hands down, Yankee guy. But I mean, I'm not gonna be like typical, stereotypical New York uh, Yankees fan. Just I consider myself more of a baseball fan than Yankee fan. But I mean, I'll 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 die for the pinstripes.
0: And Will, obviously, listeners of the podcast know you're a Met fan like myself. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we are the suffering ones, like this podcast indicates. Yep. Even though some Yankee fans may claim that not winning a title since 2009 constitutes suffering, but I don't buy it. No. <laughs> I mean, try 1986. It's, it's suffering, <laughs> but nowhere nears what you guys have. Yeah, we have our own suffering, but we'll start with the Yankees. They have been the more successful team of late, so Anthony, grade the Yankee offseason for me. What do you think they, how do you think they fared?
1: I'm floating in the middle between a B-plus to a B. I mean, I like some of the moves they made. I'm liking adding James Paxton, re-signing CeCe, re-signing Gardner, stuff like that, but I really want to see at least one more power arm. I'm not fully invested into this rotation yet. If we had one more power arm, I think that'd be, we'd be able to compete with the Red Sox without a doubt.
2: Yeah. Will, what do you think about that? I, I think they're light years ahead of the Sox. I think I'm right there with like a B plus B. Yeah. Like a, like a, but my thing is more for, I think they need another mm-hmm. left-handed bat. But I think they're holding stake, you know, holding hope that that's Greg Bird. Yeah. But I, they're, they're, I think they're ahead of the Sox for sure. The Sox are... You know, they're going to lose Kimbrel probably. Their staff is okay. But I do think people are undervaluing the Yankee staff a little bit. Like right now, I mean, you know what I mean? They're great. No, like, I'm, yeah, yeah Kluber would be phenomenal. But- imagine Kluber, oh, right? Kluber just- would be phenomenal. But I think when you get, you know, you got guys who are going to eat innings. You know, Paxton is a little, a little suspect just for the injury history, but I think right. he's still going to be great there. Hap is still good. I think Severino's the guy that I'm kind of like – if I'm a Yankee fan, I'd be a little bit kind of like, what are we really going to get this year? Because right. he's – you know what I mean? He's like, oh, this guy could pitch great like he did, right. and we're going to go win the division. Or if he struggles, then, yeah, you got to try to get a guy in the middle of the right. season. Well, that's what we saw happen last year. I mean, yeah. he literally
1: just fell off a cliff and just disappeared for, what, five, six, seven, eight, or I mean, starts, something whole, like that? The whole that.
2: second half, I mean, he, besides like two or three sprinkled right. in there, he was abysmal. And we
1: were pretty much primed to win the division. Yeah. I, I honestly think if Seve stayed the way he was in the first half of the season we probably would have been within half game game within the Sox and maybe yeah. could have like gone to the end like the final stretch like actually like as a chance to to win the East.
0: Yeah for sure. I give the I give them I'm with you Andy I give them like a B plus offseason. I feel like they still have a couple of holes. I mean I don't like changing from David Robertson to Adam Ottavio, I think that was a bad choice in my opinion right. because I feel like I agree, yeah. Just because like Robertson has proven he can do it in this market, we have no idea if Adam Ottavio can do it yet. The New York factor should not be ignored, and I do think they need a another outfielder because again, like Giancarlo can play the outfield, but they had didn't put him there last year for some reason. And right now, I feel like if you're DHing him a lot, your left fielder is Brett Gardner. And no offense to Sandra Rosa, who's a huge Brett Gardner stand, but like. <laughs> I don't think he's your capable of starting left fielder right now. Well, I don't think
1: he's a starting left fielder, but I like him simply for the fact that this team is the youngest it's been in probably the better part of five years, yeah. and Gardner, and along with Cece, they bring that veteran leadership. That's why I think Gardner's your starting left fielder for right now. Just for I honestly, simply. I
2: think Frasier. I think it's going to be Frasier's job to lose. Yeah. In uh, I want Frazier. I want him I, bad. I think if I think if Brett Gardner starts. I don't think the Yankees want it, and I can tell nah. you the fans would be severely against that. Oh, I, like I yeah. said, I love I, – I, like a Mets fan, you know, you got to respect it. I love Gardner for what he is, what right. he brings, but as far as – you know, it was kind of like when we brought in Reyes last year. Oh, it, it, if, if he has to play, he can play, and, like, right. he does He's the other like stuff. But if he starts playing every day, I think there's going to be a real issue because I just – I don't – he is awful in the second half last year. That's why I'm, I'm, as a Mets fan or just a baseball fan, I am super intrigued to see what Fra- what Clint Frazier can do because, I mean, imagine if he comes into spring training and he's like half of what he could have been. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was on group, pace before yeah. he got that concussion he's and everything.
1: Great. He was good to go.
2: Yeah. And it's just a big if. We haven't seen him and the yeah. concussion that keeps you out that long is super, super, you know, big question mark. Around oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that left-handed bat. There is a pretty big one still out there <laughs> in Bryce Harper, and he could play left field. Now, Yankees have not been linked to him at all. They've barely been tied to May Machado. Does that surprise you that they're not in on either of those guys? How do you feel about that?
1: That they're not in? Um, a little surprised, but then at the same time at the same time i'm not entirely too too surprised just because of what hal wants to do he wants to stay underneath the luxury tax i don't think he's the same as his father where he w- just wants to spend 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 he kind of wants to build it from the farm system and flourish from there i wish i know months ago i said like yeah don't go after like a mini machado but i want to see i want to see at least one more big bat. i want to see what this lineup can. i want to see a complete like all-star lineup
2: I still hold hope that they're not hope, but I I think Machado still ends up on the Yankees. I think it still happens. I I don't believe any of that the that offer anything like that that came out, you know, because that's either one side leaking it to say, hey, we offered him something or the other side's leaking it to say up my offer elsewhere. But mm-hmm. I do still think he ends up on the Yankees. There's there's one reason he hasn't signed and it's because he wants to be a New York Yankee. I think that's fair to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, that offer you mentioned, what was it, seven years, seven or eight 220, years? In 220. Yeah, yeah, something those yeah I feel like if he had gotten that, he probably would have taken it because of the Yankees. But, but, like, I don't think he actually got it. I feel like that was it's just a number being floated out there. It's like yeah. maybe
2: we would think about giving you something around here, not a firm number. Because Cashman also, like, Cashman doesn't, doesn't offer that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like it's duly noted that. An offer from Cashman is hard to coax out of him, and when right. he does give it to you, it's you're not ready for it, and then you know it's kind of like, it's here, you better get on it before it goes. If anything,
1: that <laughs> offer that offer we heard was pretty much more of a gauge-the-market-type offer type thing, see what's going to happen, see who's going to nibble type thing like I th- that. I think it was Machado's camp. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it Machado's definitely had to Because, I mean, there was a report that came out, it was either yesterday or the day before, or sometime early, at the end of last week, that both Machado and Harper are seeking $300 million deals which they're they
2: could get.
1: I don't think any of them touches that. I don't think Harper this, this does this far shadow might.
2: Nah, this far into you know, this far into the and I know we're kinda of getting off a tangent right now, but this far <laughs> into the off season I just can't see someone ponying up three hundred million dollars, but I digress back to the Yankees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you probably put the luxury tax they you know, how it wants to stay under it. I mean
0: like last year the Red Sox went over the luxury tax, won the World Series. Their tax bill was twelve million dollars. You mean you're telling me that like for maybe like six million bucks, he's not willing to go out and get a guy who's a clear upgrade with Brett Gardner?
1: I mean, there's so much talk that they've tried for so, so, so long to get underneath that luxury tax that, I mean, I want him to go back to the old way. I mean, I like this new system of bringing the young kids up. It's finally, like, happening. Because, like, for years, the Yankees, like, they were averaging, like, 33 to, like, 35 years old. I mean, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, days. I mean,
2: they're trading everybody who was young. No, I know they're and doing And it was the back end of those all not awful. I mean, they did win a World Series with a lot of them, but the back end oh, of those yeah. contracts with Teixeira.
1: But more so recently, they're yeah. bring, like, bringing Andrew Hard, Judge up,
0: uh, Torres. Yep.
2: Torres. Torres. Yeah. You know, Torreus is gone. Yankee fans are very disappointed about that. Yeah. I just think because the Dodgers were well th- above the luxury tax too. I, I think. I mean, I'm just, yeah. I think, th- but I think the the top tier teams, other than maybe the Astros, are like shooting th- past the luxury tax. I mean, it's you have to do it to win yeah. in the MLB. It, it, I mean, that's why I think the Royals were such a story that they were, and the the Astros were such a story that they were because right. you were not, but you did know at the end of the day, well, those guys are going to get paid. <laughs> All right, let's go on real quick with the Yankees. Anthony, give me the best move they made this winter.
1: Best move, I'm saying, is re-signing CeCe and, and Gardner and also Paxson.
0: Ooh, bold on CeCe and Gardner being the best moves. Why do you say that?
1: Simply for veteran leadership. Yeah. That's simply the only reason why. For the being such a young team, CC's is just a bulldog. He's going to go out there. He'll give. You, he's not going to be the same starter he was five years ago. He'll still give you two, three, maybe four decent innings. But he's just an absolute bulldog. You put him on the mound; he's gonna fight for you. But what I really wanted to see him do is put him in the bullpen, make him be a long relief
0: type guy. All right, will I we'll go to you? Counter that. Give me the worst move they made
2: this winter. The worst move? I do. I, you kind of hinted at before. I I'm not on board with Ottavino. I don't think I, I like. I think Robertson. You said it right. He's been there. He's familiar with the organization. He's familiar with the team, and he's still he pitched very well. Like Ottavino, I just. I think you worry, you know, if you just caught lightning in a bottle in it for a year. Right. And I know, I know, it's because he did pitch in Colorado, where mm-hmm. it's like. But I just something about that AL East ballparks, way deeper lineups, American League hitting. I just, I could see him completely implode. I, 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 I would see. I think it's more favorable that he does that. More likely that he oh, does yeah, that no, than agree. he, then he replicates what he did. It could last be another.
1: Uh, it could be another Sonny Gray situation.
2: Yeah, I, I, I just how do Vino, you know, he doesn't do it for me? Okay.
0: Yeah, my best move is one that I'm. I'm not gonna. Stay, I'm gonna say the worst move. I basically clear it's out of you know. I think the best move that Neo you mentioned yet. Zach Britton's contract, I think that's a steal yeah. for the Yankees. where they yeah. got him back for? Because I mean, he could have closed somewhere else, and they got him for basically that swell op deal where he gets two years yeah, so and yeah, buy yeah. in two more. It's like, <laughs> it's a fantastic contract. I, I think mean, people, a great,
2: uh, great fit for that bullpen. I think people underrate the Lemahieu move too. I don't think he's anything special, but I think he's going to be one heck of a player. Yeah, he's
1: got a <laughs> little, little utility guy. such him in there. And he's a
2: great, he's a great player. I mean, if he starts, you know, if he ends up starting for them for a good chunk when Dede's out, I think they you know, that's not the end of the world. He's a great player. I think right, he's a really right. good player. I think. That that's an other move. they very uh, underrated move.
0: Before we move on, one that didn't come up that just surprised me. He's like nobody really thought about Troy Tulwitzky either way, basically being handed the shortstop job. You got any thoughts on that, Anthony? <laughs> I don't know why we did it, but I mean for league minimum, yeah. I'm not really
1: going to complain. A lot of big upside, but at the same time, I mean he's a dwindling shortstop who's been hurt for the better part of three years.
2: Yeah, I just so, wanna, I want to see how he plays shortstop. You know what I mean? So do I. Like, yeah, like, so everything had been like. Wow, he can't. His knees are deteriorating mm. on the turf. Is he going to be able to play shortstop? And then comes to the Yankees, and people are like, oh, no, yeah, he can still play shortstop. I'm like, I, uh, yeah. I got to see it to believe uh, it. Yeah. I think the bat will play, but that defense, I mean, you can't have bad defense at shortstop. You nah. and I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and he- I mean, it's just this thing that the Yankees are doing. is everybody's kind of like blah about them, but like if the Mets did that, the Mets would be getting laughed at from oh, here. Oh yeah, <laughs> come. well I mean, what was it last year? Adrian Gonzalez and Jose Reyes and Jose before. Bautista. Bautista, yeah. So oh, God, yeah,
1: Jose Bautista. Forgot about that one. <laughs>
2: yeah, because the Mets, like when they the Yankees can
0: get away with the, the low risk high-reward move, because like the Yankees won't overplay the guy. I mean, like if Troy yeah. Tulisky is bad, they'll just probably just send him on his way and give Troy oh, d- to Clay. Yep. So just designate him for yep.
1: assignment, do whatever.
0: Yeah, the guy I write on my like, Mets blog with John Carpenter he makes a great point that the Mets never do low-risk moves because they will basically run the guy out there for at least 200, 300 at-bats and then let him just tank until the point before. You just
2: explained Jose Reyes in the past two years. Yeah, <laughs> Basically, that's what happened because like they basically let him just go out there. He play. was a starting shortstop at times. Oh, God. He was yeah. batting, what, 190 in yeah. April last year? I don't know yeah.
1: how you guys deal with it. I really, yeah. I really, really don't.
2: Yeah,
0: let's go to the Mets right now. So, Will, since you're the Met guy here with me, give me your grade for the Met
2: offseason. Honestly, I think it's like a B plus. I know other people are gonna say it's worse. B plus, what you know? If you go to a B, I'm fine with it. But I really, actually, do buy into what Brody said. Like, hey, we're they're gonna throw it at one guy or disperse it amongst others. I mean, when you look at who the guys the Mets brought in, they brought in a lot of guys and a lot of decent. I mean, good players. Like, like what were we gonna do? Like, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. Well, do I want Bryce Harper or Manny Machado <laughs> on this team? Of course. But yeah. like, at like, you brought in. I know we shipped half the farm for it, but Cano, I'm fine with. You get Edwin Diaz, Jed Lowry's a good player. I mean, the the bullpen pieces. I think, I think what he did is he did. He he really did build a competitive team. Whether or not they win the division or whatever, you know, like we can't say now. But as far as building a roster with depth and you know actual base MLB baseball players, like you cannot be mad at what he's done. Andy, what about you? As a as a non met guy, what do you think of the Met offseason?
1: You know, I'm digging right into Will's like non-Mets fans gonna say worse I'm thinking like C (laughs) minus-ish I'm thinking I mean (laughs) I'm not really feeling anything like eh you guys added Robbie Cano I mean you touched on Jed Lowry stuff like that I mean yeah good players and stuff like that I just don't see it being that that little notch that 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 the Mets need to get on track
0: I'm going to give it a solid B and here's my reasoning why it's like at first blush it looks a lot like last offseason where they were adding guys on value deals like todd frazier and vargas and those all Mm -hmm. kind of blew up on them but like they're adding more guys with like better resumes like wilson ramos is a massive upgrade catcher for them that's one we haven't talked about yet like the bullpen bringing familia back is huge justin wilson coming in to stabilize the later innings helps but like for me i cannot go above a b when you when you're brody and you come in and you say we're going to talk to every free agent. We want to win right now, and you don't pick up the phone to talk to either Bryce or Manny. You, right. you cannot get above a B for me if you're doing that. <laughs> okay, let's go on to Brody a little bit more. Brody, Will brought the point up. He made this whole idea of, like, you know, like, we're going to spread the money around. We're going to get as mm-hmm. many good players as we can. Instead suppose throwing all of our chips in the Bryce Harper or Manny Machado basket. Will, do you agree with that philosophy?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I just... Like, if we just added Harper to the team that we had, right? Yeah. They're not good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not trying, but that's where I don't get the whole, like, yeah, if they did what they did and then we just added Bryce, then of course. But, I mean, I think that's a lot to ask from any GM, in my opinion, to bring in what they have what they've done and then add 35 million player on it i mm. i actually do side with brody i'm not one that's being brainwashed by the will ponds like some are but you know what? I, <laughs> like that's a lot of money to spend a on one-off season in my opinion so that's where i i, I am fine with it in, 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 if you gave me the options depth and players that are going to be able to play every day and keep, keep, make you competitive over just bringing in bryce harper to hit in front of todd frazier and behind <laughs> travis darno or something like yeah i am way on board with the depth and variety
1: no i'm in the same boat with you will i think baseball is so different compared to take the nba for oh, example for sure. yeah it's yeah such, nba is such a star-studded league yeah. that you could just add a lebron a kevin yep. durant and you're instantly a playoff team baseball you need that depth yeah one superstar player is not going to make or break your mean, team. look at the angels I mean. yeah <laughs> i mean they have mike, mike trout the best player yeah. probably the better last 15 years and they're Oh yeah Scrapping for a playoff I, I spot think,
2: I think it's, it's I think it's easy To make fun of the Mets For it And like Of course we jab at it Every once in a while Where it's like Typical Mets But like I mm. really do believe In this instance I'm fine I'm, I think Because like you said idea. If they
1: added Harper They're not gonna Yeah, yeah.
2: Gonna, And it, it's just that's just, That was my opinion Yeah my point
0: Yeah I mean A couple of good things there I mean like The depth is very poor, Especially with the Mets Who have injury problems Go throughout oh, the yeah. years And mm-hmm. like, you know, like Last year When the guys got hurt You're playing Jose Bautista Like Jose Reyes Every day And like they were bad. Those guys. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Like you're bringing in like guys who have proven track records. I mean, they signed three at least three outfielders to the AAA level. Just like mm-hmm. that way, if they're going down, if like Brandon Nimbo goes down, they're not bringing up Kevin Kazmarski to start in the outfield. You're bringing up That's like Gregor Ra- Blanco or Andre, uh, right. right? Or uh, what's his name? Like Rajai Davis. But like again, I'm not being brainwashed by the well pond, but like if you're a New York team, there's no reason you cannot do both. You cannot, like, with where their payroll is, the fact they have no commitments beyond 2020 besides Cano, you should absolutely be able to do all the stuff he's done, plus bring in Bryce Harper.
2: There's no reason they cannot do that. Or, or you extend the Grom, you know what I mean? Like, if you're not doing it with Harper, where I'm kind of, like, contradicting myself, but, like, if you're not doing Harper and you're kind of like doing this idea that like oh we have to pay you know Degrom then like just do it just yeah. do it already <laughs> like stop then that's I think what what pisses people off it's right. like okay do it then and then then we're just watching two guys who are gonna be like franchise changing players <laughs> sit out there and like you said you're not even gonna give them a call I mean I do see both sides of it okay so let's go to the moves of the off season will what do you think the best Met move of the off season was. Honestly, I love the Jed Lowry signing. I thought Lowry and then and then Ramos. I'm not buying too much into Lowry, but I do think great hit, great player, good enough hitter can field. And Wilson Ramos is finally someone who's going to handle the staff. I know he's another guy who's off, off on. But, I mean, how long has it been since we've had a catcher who truly can just go be like a solid backstop, swing the bat? I mean, I, I love that Ramos move because they also didn't spend too much. Like, what uh, apparently they offered Grandal, so yeah, yeah. I mean, they offered Grandal four for like sixty, you know, yeah. and Grandal did not take it,
0: which I think was stupid. But that's the whole mistake for Grandal's part. So, <laughs> Will, what do you think? I mean, Anthony, what do you think of the Met worst move was?
1: Worst move, I'm going with still keeping Syndergaard, not trading him away.
0: You think they could have gotten a lot for him?
1: They could have got a lot for him. Yeah, I mean, just more more depth that we've talked about. You could probably get decent amount of young players, stuff like that. But I mean. They're fighting for a playoff spot, yeah, but this rotation isn't what it was three years ago with Harvey, DeGrom, center guard. But I would want to see just moves get out there, try to build up young players, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, but the way they're going, though, once they made that trade, once they gave away Kalenic and Dunn in the Kanoa trade, you basically you knew they were not going to move Syndergaard because right. like they they said, we're going for it right now, and you're not doing that, and then you're trading Syndergaard away for three, three young kids. No, huh? Yeah, it was yeah,
2: been, you know. would have been one step forward, two steps back, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the
0: worst part of the off season for me, I think the best one, I agree, is the Wilson Ramos. I think that's because they have not had a good hitting catch since Paul Oduka in, like, 2006, 2007. It's in that long since so they've had a good catcher. seriously. Which is something for the Mets. The Mets have a history of great catching. And the fact they've got, like, a decade right. of having a good one is something else. But to me, the worst move is one they just have made. Is the fact that they really have not added any, like, capable depth to their starting rotation right. yet. Because, like... Right now, number five is still Jason Vargas. And Jason Vargas had an ERA almost over five and a half last year. God, I do know. I want Gio. And beyond, beyond him, what you got there? You have down in AAA, you have uh, uh, Corey Oswalt, who was eh when he was up here last year. You have Hector Santiago, whoop-de-doo, from the American League. <laughs> and you have, uh, what's his name? You have Chris Flexen, who apparently won, like, lost a lot of weight in the offseason. That's not a lot there. And you have the guy that took got from the Indies in the Kevin lucky trade, Walker Lockett. Yeah. and history shows you need eight nine starting pitchers to get through a season the mets have right. four half of them four and a half you give vargas <laughs> the six six starts at the end of the end of the other was good mm-hmm. i think you need to have more depth there yeah i want Gio gonzalez <laughs> yeah they offer Gio one for nine apparently Gio wants at least two years which i don't know why they won't give him because like
1: i mean Gio gonzalez is still a yeah. solid pitcher
2: i yeah. just get back into the rotation guy yeah, but after this year, Vargas and Wheeler are free agents, so you know you can definitely use GLX. Yeah, and they're right. not keeping Wheeler. I yeah. mean, I can't see where they reassign him at
0: all. <laughs> all right. So all I got, now we talked about the locals to death. Let's go to the. Let's take a little break. We'll come right back. We'll listen to a call from a home run from Bryce Harper this year. One of these mammoth shots. And talk about that. Talk about some national headlines right after this. A career as a
2: player. <laughs> oh, Bryce my Harper goodness. lift off and gone. Oh man. Number thirteen for Harper.
0: All right, we're back here on the baseball beat with Will Schneider and Anthony Sarbelini. We broke down the Mets and the Yankees. We're going to go big picture now. Before we get to the free agency, let's talk about some of these role changes. Starting with the biggest one: the change a name from the disabled list to the injured <laughs> list. How earth shattering is that? Eh, okay. <laughs>
2: Was this even necessary? <laughs> uh, I just couldn't believe it was, like, like just, just such a non- like, You know what I mean? It's, it's like such a non- It's kind of like, like you see cares? it, you're like, wait, what was that? And then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, okay. And then their reasoning behind it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, what was it? Because they were thought the disabled like, was, like, too- Too offensive yeah. or something offensive. like
1: that. I was like, eh, okay. I, mean,
0: I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know
2: that I didn't know political correctness is the quality for yeah. being on the disabled list. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: well, you know. I guess it is the injured list now, but let's talk about the more- exciting role changes that have been floated about, which is number one the Universal DH which the Player Association floated out Rob Manfred came out and said that it's not going to come until at least 2022 because it's a collectively bargained issue mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the Universal DH start with the American League guy Anthony mm-hmm. oh I love it Yeah,
1: I I want to see I want to see the big hits I don't want to see pitchers pitchers swinging bats I mean they get paid hundreds of millions of dollars to throw they're not paid the hit and more, more more often than not, you see all the American League guys, they're getting hurt from running bases, stuff like that. I don't want to see that.
2: No, I do agree. I'm like a National League guy where I know, like, I think, like, the cool thing being a National League fan people think is, is like, oh, we don't want the DH. Like, right. I honestly don't care. Like, <laughs> I mean, if they had it, I wouldn't care. I mean, I do agree with you. Like, mm-hmm. the pitching spot has just become a very just – Non-factor. It's just so right. inconsequential to the game, and then I do get you know strategy late inning yada yada yada. But at the end of the day, I, I agree with you. We need the ball and play more for a little bit. Like I would love you know deeper lineups. Exactly. Yeah.
0: My counter to that is this: is that like basically baseball is like a big deal about how we want to slow games down, and I feel like. You're adding a DH to the NL, but, like, you're going you're gonna, to uh, add more time to these games because you have more pitchers taking – more guys taking it bats, yeah, bats trying to work yeah. walks. I feel like you're losing – this is basically, like, now at the start. It starts going, what, five innings? You're losing two at-bats a game from a starting pitcher on each right. side. So, like, is it really worth to shake out the entire rule of a game for two at-bats a game?
1: Well, I mean, yes and no because people always say baseball is boring. Yeah, you want to see more people hitting the bat. And more often than not, naturally guys, are just bumping the guy over.
0: Yes, but at least they're putting the ball in play, not just staying there like
2: swinging and missing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do see what you're saying too. I mean, it's not like a perfect solution. Like, mm-hmm. it's like well, we don't want a lot of strikeouts. Okay, well, like, what am I going to pay another Joey Gallo to just come in and do that <laughs> yeah. exact same thing? So I do, I, I do also think like either outcome isn't like this was exactly what we needed. This is isn't what we needed. Right. So that's like again, I think it's I think it's a big deal. But at the end of the day, it's like not as you know earth-shattering as people say. Oh no, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I mean maybe what you save at the end of the day. You're it's a great point. Like you know, you got guys like J.D. Martinez who like see like ten pitches in at bat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and now you're adding that to every team, so mm-hmm. I it would I think it would get longer. And American League games are long already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah every Yankee regular game
0: feels like at least four hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay let's talk about the other one i think is the more interesting one this idea that now relievers are going to become who come in are going to be required to face at least three batters unless basically the exception i heard was like if they get the last out of the inning it doesn't apply but like if you are like let's say you're bringing in if you're the yankees you bring in zach Britton to get a lefty out to face two more guys after that Do do you have a problem with that
1: as a yankee fan maybe a little as a baseball fan not at all
0: it basically takes away a job from somebody because, like, the Jerry Blevins role was going out the window with this. That well, you're, I, always, <laughs>
1: I always hated that stupid lefty specialist stuff. It was bring one guy in. Oh, another commercial break. Bring in another guy. I'm like, let's just go.
2: I hate it. I think it's so stupid. I do agree. I think it's – you take that away from it, then it's just like, why? Like, you, can, you, have, you can't do that. Three minimum batter. Like, I just think it's dumb. Forever you've had those matchups. I mean – if you take if you put a DH in and then you make a three batter minimum, I mean, why don't we just go out there and just soft toss it? Like honestly, I think it's yeah. so dumb. Like you said, like they the player association. I mean, what's the issue right now? Guys aren't signing. I mean, you take that away, like you said, there goes a job for Jerry Blevins, Tony Stip, all of these guys. You know, like um, Louis Avalon, yeah. he's made a career out of that. He's still kicking it. You know. Yeah, I think this is a dumb rule, in my opinion, because I just don't
0: think you're going to get what you're accomplishing here, because, like, Mm -hmm. how many times a game does this happen where you have a guy coming for one
2: batter come out? Once? No, they said, yeah, they said uh, the mid-inning relief uh, is, like, so much less than you think it is, like, 2%. The games or something because <laughs> really? it feels like a lot more. No, exactly I, at, at first, I was mean, like lot. you. I'm like, oh, maybe it's okay. Then I thought of Then they brought it up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like it's not really. I like. mean, I feel
1: like it's a lot, but I mean, yeah. if you always take a step back and actually look, at no, it, it's really, just like yeah. okay.
2: Yeah, I feel like if you're talking about pace of play, there's two
0: things you have to do. I think it's number one, you have to put the pitch clock in because yeah. you don't need your guys like your, your Mets fans remember your Steve Traxols or like the these guys human just walk, delay like human, just <laughs> walking around the mound for 20 minutes and like stepping off, throwing over, take forever to pitch, and then like. The batters actually get them in the batter's box and bear right. Suppose like everybody's out there like doing this with their wristbands, like <laughs> and like stretching, like, you know, like that's that's the delay you're getting right there. If you you crack down and stuff, you're taking at least five minutes off the game.
2: No, I I agree. I, I think that... and also like why don't they just like I don't get like the lengthy commercial like you said, like why don't they just cut in between it? I know at the end of the day it's money out of your pocket, but like if you you know what I mean? Like it doesn't it seem simpler on that end, like why are you gonna go and... like rip apart the rules of the game when, like, you could just cut that down. And I know at the end of the day, they would never just, do it. <laughs> I know, but it's just, like, you know what I mean? Like, why are you going to, like, yeah. toy around with this when it's like, well, here's a pretty simple solution. <laughs> but the pitch clock, you're right on with it. You know, I I know, like, some guys are, like, you know, creatures of habit where it's, like, they're, they're so into their routine right. and stuff. But you are, you know, like, yeah, let's get it and go. <laughs> All right, I feel like we're talking about the rules. Let's talk about what stuff has happened in the season. Stuff that's,
0: I mean, let's start with the elephant in the room, like, How do you guys feel about the fact that we're sitting here on – we're recording on February 11th. The A's are in spring training today. Patriots and catchers are reported already. Bryce Harper and Manny Machado still don't have teams. How absurd is this?
1: I I really don't even have an answer. I really (laughs) don't. I thought it was going to be winter meetings. One of them would be at least signed.
0: Yeah, I would have thought Machado would have been gone by the new year, but he's still sitting
2: here, and so is Harper. Well, I know Boris will never – put that pen to that paper harper until machado i think that's fair to say that's why he's not signed machado like dude let's go like stop waiting (laughs) around for the i swear i i stand by he's waiting around for the yankees i mean Mm -hmm. dude if you got 175 from chicago and we're in february like go go take (laughs) it already (laughs) like but but you know boris he would because right when that right when machado signs his deal oh well my guy's an mvp winner what you know? Pay up more. You got
1: this. This is what and, we should get. Yeah, and
2: Boris, like Boris is like the worst. Boris yeah. is the worst, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I true. dread it <laughs> when we have to deal with him with Conforto. Oh, that's gonna be a nightmare. Right? Yeah, and like it wasn't nightmare dealing with Harvey with him. So yeah, I mean, imagine and like Conforto was actually still good, and yeah. the, you know Harvey was like two years. So, yeah. but yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it's. I also do think the player association. Tony Clark's having two year stretch where he just. He's not happy And also Tough to to keep your job I mean this guy's like Complaining about it But also it's like Hey I know your players Want more money But you can't really You know It's like the boy Who cries wolf Like oh no I'm not getting 300 million (laughs) dollars Instead I'm getting 175 Like hey Dude Take what you get. I honestly, <laughs> I I think that's fair enough to say. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> it's
1: just I need a new car. I need a new ball. I mean, like, like, hey, really, it's like, like dude, you're playing yeah. you're playing baseball for for At a living. I, I mean, I come completely
2: on. agree. I think it's ridiculous. Like Tony Car, you know, like when I for some of the like lower tier guys, like I kind of talk about Sip before. Has been yeah. a decent lefty guy, you know, like those guys. I kind of see where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. but the, you know, a lot of they've been doing a lot of minor league deals with those dudes. They're right, still getting right. jobs. So now it also all of a sudden it is kind of working its way back up. Where mm-hmm. like. How can you complain if the unemployed guys are Keikel Harper, and Machado, and you
1: know? Craig Kimbrel, Kimbrel, Kimbrel too? Yeah, and a lot of those stars too are not only getting money from their contracts, they're getting all the endorsements endorsement, and everything yeah. too. So I mean, I don't know why they want max contracts. Nah, it's a lot
2: of, and then plus yeah. their endorsements. It's money. like it's, it's a boy who cries wolf with me <laughs> with these with, with these guys.
0: Okay, well, they they're still sitting out there. Maybe the next time I'm recording next week, they'll sign. Probably not. Hopefully. But we'll.
2: Jeez, <laughs> I mean, oh, let me tell you, if it's on next week, like forget it. Just pull Le'Veon Bell. We'll just kick back and if watch If it goes to opening day, one of <laughs> not signed. No. I don't know
0: what's going to happen. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on that. I would, no. I, would oh, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, but. I think if if we get out of February and they're not signing, it, then we have a problem. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some moves that were actually made. So, what? Anthony, yeah, give me you your most interesting movie the all season that was not from the Yankees and the Mets.
1: Most interesting pick? I think I'm going with the Dodgers trading Puig. He was just such a catalyst for a little bit. Just a high, electric, offensive dude. I don't, it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it that, just kind of caught me off guard. Two of the Reds of all people.
0: Yeah, that's a weird trade, too. Because they traded away like three guys and then got prospects back. Right. I mean, that was a very interesting move. I know, yeah. you talk,
2: I know you have opinions on that one. Well, that was – I mean – If you were to ask me that same question, I was going to go with the second half of that trade. I The Reds, just (laughs) everything they have been doing is like, I am so interested to see what the Cincinnati Reds are like. Because I think, you know, they're in rebuilding. They're, they got guys that, like, hey, like, if we catch lightning in the bottle for a year and make some playoff run, we don't even have to keep them. Like, they're right. too, they're here for a year or two. Like, it's, it is interesting because, you know, like, in this day and age where people are worried about teams tanking, they got to backload You know, their system's pretty loaded, and they're saying, like, okay, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like what the Nets did, yeah. right, yeah. with the Brooklyn Nets, how they rebuilt. Like, yeah. all right, we'll take on some bad contracts and, like, be slightly – maybe we'll be competitive, you know, boost revenue and all that. I, I'm really intrigued by the Reds, and I'm very intrigued by Sonny Gray specifically. Yeah, that's that's an yeah. interesting one. For me,
0: I think the most – I think the most – I think the I think was the Cardinals getting Paul Goldschmidt back, yeah. in, back yeah. in December because, like, this guy's an MVP caliber player. I mean, like – he was not going to resign Arizona.
2: I feel like that's just a lot that he's going to end up staying in St. Louis after this yeah. year is over. Under like, the radar too. I mean, because that happened amidst the Cano deal and stuff. Yeah, that
0: was like that was like sort of like sort of like a Woge bomb deal for yeah. the Cardinals, <laughs> where, uh, where like the, everybody's talking about the Cano mystery, and all of a sudden they sneak in like, oh, we got Paul Goldschmidt for like a couple of guys.
2: Yeah, and
1: really, I think it's a good pickup for the Cardinals too. Like oh, I yeah. think they're back into a pretty good, decent playoff run by yeah. Goldschmidt.
2: Well, I mean, you look at Paul Goldschmidt; he screams like a Cardinals player, yeah. doesn't yeah, he? Like yeah. you, you, and like. I, he's going to be one of those moves though, like when people like they forgot about it. Like you're going to flip on the Cardinals in, early oh, yeah. in the season and be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot they got Paul Goldschmidt." <laughs> or like if you're a fantasy baseball player myself, because if you forgot about this, you flip them the match like, wait, they traded Paul Goldschmidt? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But I think that's I do. That was surprised me. Yeah, you, they got a great player. Gold Goldie does it all. Okay,
0: let's like let take a look at different directions. Let's go on to team building here. Will which team took the biggest
2: step forward from year to year? From from last year to this year? Yeah i don't want to say the reds again but i do think the reds did it um but as far as like contending and and, and from compared to like what they had on their team last year to this year i'm just gonna go back to the Mets. i really do think you're gonna see light and day difference i know it's not the sexy thing to do but it, it is like i really think people underrate just how much like garbage play not you know it's mean to say but these how many people, terrible players they had They weren't good <laughs> yeah. And like this year It's like wow Like you're going to see The difference And I think it, 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 While I was going to say The Reds This is the same exact thing You're going to see A difference in the play and, and it's you know Two teams that might Just be able to ride A hot streak for a year or two Anthony who are you guys The most improved team
1: uh, I'm going with the Phillies Yeah I mean just the Just how they played last year And then just adding Key players from this season I mean just What was it Last week They added Real Mudo Yeah I just I mean they're Going up, I can't yeah. see anything else happening. Well, yeah.
2: Especially if they land one of these guys. Oh, Harper. if they land, yeah. And you figure they're going to get one of I them, mean,
0: considering the owner came out before the winner said, I'm going to yeah. spend stupid money. He has, And I don't think Andrew McCutcheon counts as stupid money. No,
1: Andrew That's McCutcheon That's stupid is because it's a, too much money. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, McCutcheon's still... I mean, we saw it with the Yankees yeah, last year. He's still a decent player.
2: Yeah, $60 million, though. He's, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't give him <laughs> yeah. that money,
1: but...
0: Yeah, I think those two teams are definitely contenders to say that they're, they're the most improved. For me, I think I'm going to side more with uh, Ant on the, on the Phillies just because, like, Again, you have those two. You have Gene Segura, who they got from the Mariners. Yeah, and, another, like, mm-hmm. another move that feels like it was years ago. <laughs> and yeah. I love Dave Rousin for their bullpen because, like, they need a closer. They need a closer badly, right, right, right. and he's wanted to stay in the Northeast, and I think that was a coup for them. They were going like, to take him away because I thought... Mm-hmm. I thought for sure he was going to the Red Sox. I thought for yeah. sure that was where he was going to go.
2: up. he's from up around there, I think. Yeah, yeah he's he from lived, Connecticut, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I I the Phillies just... That's my only reason... I didn't say them because that like the the starters are okay. They could implode, but the bullpen is just still very suspect yeah. to me. Okay, let's let's go the other direction. Anthony, you are the team you think took the biggest step
0: backwards from year to year?
1: Backwards, I'm going with the Diamondbacks from trading Goldschmidt. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. And and then just losing Pollock to free agency. I mean, I know they're a small market team. They're not going to be able to keep those big guys, but those are two key guys that. Mm. And they're looking at a team that was a, a pretty good step away from NLCS a couple of years ago. Okay.
2: Who you got? Well, I think the Rockies. I I think, you know, they to playoff team, past two seeds. I think, or no, last year they were. I think they may have just were short in uh, the year before, but regardless, like a competitive team. I they didn't, you know, let yeah. Lemay Lemay Hugh Walk, who's a good player. I know they got Brandon Rogers in their system, a good prospect. Um, but and, and and tempers seem to be flaring between Arenado and, and the uh, management. I don't think that young pitching's as good as we want to say it is. I I just I see them regressing in the NL West. I think the NL West like last year was super competitive. The yeah. past two in the and that past year, two. It's take, yeah. It's gonna take, I think involved. it's it, dependent on what the Giants do here at Harper, but it could be a very very yeah. uncompetitive division, I think. Yeah, for me,
0: I think it's the Bright Sox. I think it's clear to me because like this team won 108 games last year and what have they done this year? They've added right. like, they've done yeah. nothing. Yeah. They yep. they let I mean Joe Kelly left for the Dodgers early. They brought Evaldi back, and
2: who is pitching in the bullpen out there? Yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> they have nobody out there. <laughs> exactly. I think at this more Ryan Brazier's a closer. That's scary. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Like I, I, and I think it's kind of you know what I mean. Like we kind of give teams that win a World Series a pass, where it's like, oh, that's like the Cubs right, after. Yeah. Oh, it's the World Series hangover, whatever. But I mean, like at least the, like the Cubs were like, okay, we'll be in the pa- back in the playoffs though, and then we'll be back in the playoffs this, this last mm-hmm. season too. Like the Red Sox. I mean, like, really. Like, unless they're in, they're slug, you know, it's very likely they'll be in slugfests every night. But, like, that's not a way you want to win. you got to get guys out. And Porcella, like, I'm, I, they didn't yeah. add anybody. Anybody.
1: You don't see them adding, uh, re-signing Kimbrel at all?
0: I, I don't think, think he's gone. Bullpen, I think he's think good as gone. They, I, think, I think that could happen. I think if he's going to come down like a one or two year deal, I think they'll do it. If you, because they're really, really towing the line with that. Because remember, he started this winter saying, I want six years. I don't know what yeah, world he, he was know. living in. He always yeah. getting six years.
2: Well, and what did they just pay bets in arbitration? They paid him like $20 million. Or something yeah, like it's that. a yeah. lot of money they got yeah. going to guys right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, let's go to my next question here. Like,
2: Which team confused you the most what they did the offseason? So I'll give that one to Will first. Yeah, the Brewers, right? <laughs> yeah. And I know, uh, I think David, uh, who's their GM, Stern. Yeah, uh, he's always a guy who's like never, like everything is close to the vest, right? right. He never let, right. he never shows his cards, and he's like a guy who, and I give him credit, like it, he only makes a move if it makes sense, and mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say. He's never kind of made a really boneheaded like, what were you thinking? But this one's kind of like, okay, you haven't made a move, so what are you thinking? Yeah, Mike
0: Randall's not good enough for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, like. They're in a prime spot. That team, you know, like I would have loved the pitcher, maybe like last year they're getting like Brendan Woodruff in the playoffs. Like I, I don't know Grundahl. Yeah, like he is what he is. But you got you got a player like Christian Yelich. You know, yeah, like what yeah. Aguilar is not doing what he did last year. I pretty think I think that's safe to say. Like Kane, you still got Braun. What do you have left in him? Braun's, he's on a tail end. Yeah. You I, know what I mean? Last like, year was an anomaly. Yeah, I think, with his like with and, his year. And so it's like there's really like. You know, go for you know. There wasn't like I thought he would definitely break the bank for like a pitcher, or maybe even try to add Machado. He'd slot in the short there with ease. Like Dallas would be a great fit in Milwaukee. I think yeah, Mm -hmm. for for sure. Like you know what I mean? And like who knows? Like maybe in the next week, Stern, you know, does what he does, where it's like oh, he's there, but. I mean, I I just don't know. I mean, you're in a prime position with one of the best players Especially in baseball. Especially going to a game seven in the NLCS, right? Just I mean, how could you not? And add- for a long, I would, th- I think it's fair to say that like they were the better team, in that like they should have oh, won. That you know what I mean? Like completely. for a long time, you're like this team's going to the World Series, and like you said, a game away from the World Series, and you don't add. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I don't I don't know what they're what they're doing. Anthony, what team confused you the most? What well, I most- was
1: with Will and the Brewers, but I'm not going to say the same answer. <laughs> so I'm going to go to the American League. I'm going with the Indians. They yeah, haven't That's fair I Really that haven't done too, anything yeah. either I mean They're not competing With the Astros The Red Sox The Yankees And we saw it last year In the playoffs They're still Two, three, four steps Behind
2: them I agree And it's like and it kind of, for a little bit, kind of confused you, because it was like, yeah. you're going to trade Kluber? You want to trade Carrasco? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is a World
1: Series team, yeah. what, three years yeah. ago? But yeah.
2: they're just so strapped to payroll. They don't oh, want to, yeah. yeah. And it is, it is confusing. It is. I mean, you still got Lindor. Mm-hmm. Jose Ramirez just had a crazy year. You still have everything there, except literally nothing in the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brantley, too. Yeah, Brantley walked. Oh, yeah. well, Carl Santana's in the outfield now. They got
0: him back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> I mean, that's why they traded with Aaron Acosta Young, because they wanted to free the money up. That was the only reason right. why they made that trade, which yeah. was a weird trade for him. Yeah. I'm going back to T.U. brought up a four from my weird, most confusing move. That's the Cincinnati Reds. I have no idea what direction they actually want to be in, because, like, <laughs> yeah. they gave up good prospects to get, got, like, three guys on walk years. They, up, they got, by Puig, uh, Alex Wood, and, and Kemp, who they make the Reds better, but, like... Does that make sense? Now a playoff team? I don't think so. Like, never- like they're just flipping a coin to see what side it lands <laughs> on.
2: Are we Look, tanking it kinda, or are we gonna it go It kind of reminds me of that year with the Padres, but like the Padres signed up then and like traded mm-hmm. for like they had more. They were they were, um, they were like I'm trying to say like they were they're were having those players for a longer time, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're making more of a commitment to them. Or like this one is kinda like yeah, like you said, like, oh let's see. Yep. And if it doesn't work out, hey, we lose a hundred again. Nah. Like we still have uh Stencil, the good short um third base prospect. Hunter Green's still down there. Yeah. But I do agree with you. It's kinda like, Why'd you give up prospects for those three guys? Yeah. I couldn't like I saw this trade and I'm like, wait, what'd they do? I'm like, why <laughs> I couldn't believe the Dodgers I had to reread it like three times, and 'cause I'm like, why did the Dodgers get prospects? Aren't the Reds helping them out? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, I didn't understand that at all. Like, how in the world did the Dodgers swindle any sort of return out of this? I just don't understand. I just That's one I just wonder. I, I feel like most
0: of these teams, like, I could feel like what direction they're going. The Reds, I don't know because the Reds could literally – you thought maybe that's the springboard or something else. They have done nothing else. That's their only real move for the yeah, winner. Yeah.
2: And they're not uh, – I mean, I can't imagine they do they're anything They're not. Else. Uh, yeah. Harper, <laughs> oh, no, 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 There's no way. Not no. even a depth move. Like, I can't even see them bringing in, like, a like, veteran starter or anything. Like, it is what it is with them. It's Alex Woods leading a team of young, like, talented but inconsistent pitchers. Well, who is the, – they They traded for um, Roark, too, earlier this year, which was another, like – Whoopee. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like another, it's like a bunch of like mediocre players. <laughs> That's mean, like a very that was like a very like Sandy Mets move that Reds made there. It's like Moneyball oh, yeah. two point yeah. Oh, no, yeah Yeah, no it is. I mean sandy, yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, we got a lot of fun diving into all of this. Thanks, guys, for coming on for the first edition of the Baseball Beat. We'll hear from you more in the coming weeks. We break down the NL and the AL in deeper detail. Before we go, though, I want to give you guys a chance to plug your social media, some of the stuff you're up to. Anthony, we'll start with you.
1: Uh, Twitter is at AntSorbellini, S-O-R-B-E-L-L-I-N-I.
0: And what else? What's some of the stuff you're up to, people keeping an eye on what you're doing?
1: Uh, Right now, I'm just working alongside ESPN3 camera work and then just taking uh, game photos for the uh, Iona Athletics website.
2: Alright, Will, what about you? Uh, Yeah, so uh, at W-S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R-H-1 And As I said on here before just I'm not writing too much for the Jet Press As much, maybe like a monthly article With them, but I've been doing freelance For Fansighted, doing everything Baseball, football uh, Never gonna do any basketball But still, you know, <laughs> writing doing, Going to class, and uh, yeah Read some of my stuff on Fansighted A lot of free agent and draft stuff coming out Cool. Thanks for the time, guys. Yep, thanks Thank for having you.
0: me. All right. That was Will Snyderhand and Anthony Starling. First edition of the Baseball Beat in the Books. Up next, this week's two-minute drill. I will tell you why college basketball is the key to getting through the black hole that is February sports right after this.
2: Williamson on guy. Huff, the kick, open again is Hunter. Never mind. Zion Williamson with other ideas. That is called a recovery. That is also wow. called ridiculous. How many guys his size could run that far, jump that high, block a shot, and not commit a foul?
0: All right, and we're back with this week's two-minute drill. Again, we are in the sports twilight zone. February. The Super Bowl is past us. We are past that Ram-Patriot disaster of a game. We are past the trade deadline. So the NBA is not much going for it right now. You have a bunch of regular season games. You have the All-Star weekend, which is nice. The All-star Saturday is always fun, but the actual game, I think, is a bore. The NHL trade deadline's coming. That's going to be a couple of weeks, but until then you have we're past the all-Star game there. you're just going through the regular season grind, trying to get to the playoffs. And spring training is coming up, which is nice It's a nice few days to, to you know, see the pitchers and catchers down there, warming up, getting ready to go, but nothing really happening there. You don't even have the meaningless Grapefruit Lane games yet. That's coming at the end of the month. What gets you through February if you're a sports fan? College basketball. This is the prime time for college basketball season. You have big games pretty much every week. You are deep into the conference season, so the coaches are not really just filling out their rotations anymore. They are setting up their teams to make a run in March. And you get these dynamic rivalry games every week. You have these fantastic matchups. Conference play with everything on the line. It's a lot of fun. Last weekend, here's the great games we had. We had Duke, Virginia. 2-3 in the country. Playing a fantastic game up in Charlottesville. You had Marquette and Villanova. Villanova, the defending national champs, taking on Marquette, who was... The literally the tenth team in the country, but Villanova again trying to prove their dominance. You also have Wisconsin, Michigan, a rematch, the game that saw seventeen on Michigan have their perfect season ended by Wisconsin and Madison. The rivalries, a great road games in college basketball, really really hard to win, and seeing these types these kids go on the road playing these games a lot of fun. This week we have another great slate of action: Virginia, North Carolina. Always fun. Michigan State trying to b- figure out their way without uh, Josh Langford out for the season. Going to Wisconsin. Another big game. Duke. You see the fabulous freshmen. Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish. You see them play Louisville. Saturday, Tennessee, number one team in the land, taking on Kentucky. At Kentucky. Calipari's Wildcats. Against the number one team in college basketball. That's going to be a lot of fun. Another one for the Big East guys. Villanova. Going to St. John's. The Red Storm. In position to make the tournament for the first time in a long time. Shamari Pons is a lot of fun to watch play. And they have a chance to get a big marquee win at the Garden. The Garden doesn't usually get jazzed up for college games. Unless it's Duke now. Because the Johnny's been bad for so long. But now they're good again. You have all these storylines. I just hit on five games. You have Kansas. You don't know if they're going to win the Big 12 title this year. You have the Duke freshman. You have Louisville on the way back after the Chris Ma- after Chris Mack takes over this program to the Patino scandal. You have your quality mids. You have Gonzaga. You have Buffalo. The list goes on. There There's drama everywhere you look. And you want to lock in that at least college basketball action. They'll help you with your bracket in March. Don't forget, Selection Sunday is the 17th of March. So... Not not that far away. It's still a little bit in the distance, but we can see it. There is light at the end of the tunnel. But to get there, you gotta get to the darkness of February. And the way to do that, watch those college hoops games. The fantastic rivalry. I think it's a better brand of basketball than regular season NBA. And I just you gotta get into it. It just gets you it gets me fired up. I'm so excited to watch these games. I cannot wait. Hope we'll be doing more college basketball in the coming weeks, so Be sure you're locked in here. It's going to be a lot of fun stuff coming up. All right, and that's going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank my guests, Will Schneiderhan and Anthony Sorbellini, for taking the time to come by and join the baseball beat. We're breaking down baseball. We'll be talking to them again soon as we get closer to the baseball season. If you want more good stuff like this podcast, including my look at the State of the Union in college basketball, be sure to check out my blog over at justandthesuffering.wordpress.com. Feel free to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Simply search for Just and the Suffering in the podcast store or at the Google Play Music section. Be sure to leave your feedback and star ratings in order to help make this show even better going forward. You can also follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And tweet me with the hashtag BaseballBeat if you made it to the end of this week's show. Next week, we are moving on to the world of basketball. I'm doing a basketball catch-all, and we're doing a special crossover podcast episode. I'm going to be joined by Tom Bacchino and Sean Rowe of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. They're coming down to the studio here in New Rochelle. They're going to educate me on the finer details of the NBA season. We're going to find out more about what's going on there and why I should care about the NBA, which most of you know I have a very hard time connecting to. We're talking about college basketball as well. Maybe we're going to talk a little Alliance of American Football. That came out. It's got a lot of buzz. Maybe we'll discuss that as well. Until then, I hope you have a better week than Virginia Cavaliers fans.